Hi, my name is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Julie Bolt. Julie helps people lead and live more courageously using the Dare to Lead framework developed by Dr. Brene Brown. Hello, Julie. Hello, Mish. How are you? So, Dr. Brene Brown, why don't we love her? She's awesome. She's amazing. TED Talk darling. Yes. Um, And you obviously were very attracted to what her message is and how to help people live more courageously, which is needed. Yes. Because a lot of us are very caught up in fear. Yes. So um, understanding what that fear is to teach you and going beyond it, that's a big task. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I was in the nonprofit sector for about 15 years, and I decided I was going to go out on my own. And I was listening to Brene at the time that I was making that leap from being an employee to being self-employed. And she just was that voice in my ear that just helped me stay grounded and do something really scary. And I think her work is incredibly powerful. It's scalable. I've been in nonprofits my entire career. I wanted to take it into nonprofits, but I also just wanted to like help people lean into the work and do the work themselves. Mm -hmm. And so I find a lot of people that are self-employed have to really kind of wrestle with the fear a lot. Um, You don't have that stability that you have with an external employer. You have to tell yourself and you have to believe in yourself. And that's super hard to do without that external accountability I have piece. Often, I've often said that entrepreneurship is the best self-help you can have yes. to do. Yes, you can take it, it. It does challenge you on so many levels and um, it, it requires you to live courageously and dig deep. Yes. I, you know, there's, there's, I know I've had like my my business coach and I were speaking the other day. My business coach is Josh Levy, and we were talking about how you are not your company financially, but you are your company emotionally, mentally. There, yes. There's, it's your, it's it's you. I mean, it's your expression in a business way. And so when you personally are having challenges, it's it's showing up in yes. business somewhere. Yes. Or when your business is having challenges, it's going to show up in your other, you know, your non-business life. So it's it's tied in. Yeah, absolutely. It's all connected. Yeah, yeah. So I found her work to be just a lifeline for me when I made that switch to self-employment. And then I just really wanted to see it take root in nonprofit organizations. There are a lot of facilitators. You had um, Justine on recently. Yes. And she's a Dare to Lead facilitator too. A lot of people are doing this work in the corporate space, but I really wanted to do it in the nonprofit space. Very Um, cool. You know, I spent a lot of my career bringing in money. I've brought in $10 million in grants for organizations, but money doesn't money doesn't fix anything as much as we want it to fix things it's the people it's so so true and it's a hard lesson to learn um as a person who has i i used to spin a lot with financial issues and when you really look at that one of the things that kept coming up to me was it's not about how much money you have it's your attitude and your way of being with it and I would say in the past year, I've really come into a, a 
unattached place. Yeah. Right. And so, so that unattachment to it actually helps greatly. Yes. It frees you from being freaked out all the time. Yeah. Well, in, in nonprofits, you know, we're relying on external funding. You know, that's how we survive. And so, um, there, there's a big focus. Like, if we wanted, we, like, kind of that. You know, we don't have enough money. We don't that scarcity mindset. Right, right, right. But we really have this idea that we need money to create change. But it's not. That's not it. It's the people. I have seen very large grants, multi-million dollar grants, create no change. And so, if the same people are doing the same things, you'll get the same results regardless of how much money yes. you get. So I really, I mean, I I actually did grants for about ten years. And when I went on my own, I said, I'm just going to go and help nonprofits do grants. But I really wanted to create change. And we have to be really clear on what the organization is. That whole mission alignment, mission creep is a big thing. Mm-hmm. But then I, I found Brene's work and I thought it's really about the people and empowering them to create boundaries and say no. And, um, you know, I know kindness is a big focus for your podcast. Her clear as kind concept is just revolutionary, especially in the nonprofit space where we say we're nice. You know, we help people. We're helpers. But then we won't have the tough conversation. That's not nice. Yeah. That's not kind. Right. And you have to be able to. That's the courageousness, right, is having the difficult conversations. Yes. And realizing that you are talking to people, you know, so. Um, the thing that I've had an experience recently where there's a lot unsaid and a lot unknown, and therefore people fill in the blanks. Yes. And when people fill in the blanks, they're not filling it in with truth yes. or knowledge. They're, and that's where the gossipy stuff starts yes. happening and yucky starts, you know, yucky things happen. And if you can step back and be and think, all right. We're all in this together. We're all people here. You know, we need to figure this out. And part of figuring this out is the transparency. Let's talk about what's at the root of all of this so we're not making things up. Yes. Because yes. there's such a tendency to, if, if I don't know the story, I'm going to fill it all in the blanks. Where, not me personally, I now get like, hmm, I don't know the full story. I can't speak to this. Yes. Um, until I know the full story, I'm just kind of hanging out, waiting to find out what is really going on here. Those are beautiful components of this Deirdre curriculum, which is lean into curiosity and check your stories because our brains reward us for story. Mm-hmm. So when we're in uncertainty, we want to be in certainty. Right. And so if we make up a story, whether regardless of whether it's true or not, we get like that chemical or reward. Or listen to someone from, else's, oh, right? No, I know. Or someone else is like, well, I heard and you're like, I'm taking that one on. That'll yes. be the story. <laughs> yes. But to have that self-awareness that you're actually making a story and saying, I'm going to stay curious. I wonder. Curious and generous. I'm going to assume the most generous intent of the other person, which is really, really hard to do when we're in a hard place. You right. know, so right. um, one of Brene's concepts that I really love is called living big, B-I-G. What boundaries do I need to stay in my integrity and assume the most generous intent of others? Perfect. So I can't be generous to you if you're hurting me in some way because I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to basically be outside of my integrity. I'm going to be defensive, resentful, all of those things. So when we can take care of ourselves, we're more likely to be curious and assume generous intent of others. So Exactly. And many times 
it that a person is behaving in a way that actually they feel is in your best interest. It may not look like it to you, but it is in their best interest once you get the full story and yes. you go, that's why you were doing that. So it's that whole thing of what if that person really is, and they actually are, doing the best they can. Yes. Yes. What if they actually are? And sometimes the best they can is not the best you can. Mm -hmm. And also sometimes the best they can is because they're operating from a trauma, something that's yep. been hidden deep that they just haven't been able to access. And I so applaud and love when people are willing to take themselves on and look at the really difficult things. Because mm -hmm. that... that helps in life so much. It doesn't mean you're gonna all of a sudden, I know some people are like, and then abundance will befall me. <laughs> <laughs> life will be easy. All of a sudden money will fall from That's the right. skies and everything will be perfect. No, it's your attitude toward everything. And how are you handling when the difficult things, you know, cause life is gonna have challenges. Yes, yes, yes. It's just part of it. I, I love that you're leading sort of the dare to lead framework, which is self-awareness and self-love matter. So mm -hmm. we tend to want to skip over that step and say, I'll do all the other things, but I'm going to kind of push aside this. Or I'll love myself when. Yes, yes. Or I'll love other people. That's good enough. No, we, we don't get to skip around that mm -hmm. step. Um, and then the actually understanding yourself and your needs and then having the courage to ask for what you need keeps you in your integrity, yeah. you know, so that you can be more courageous. You can step out. You can do the hard things. Yeah. Super powerful. And asking for help. So how many organizations do you work oh with gosh. that have a tough time asking for help? I mean, these are people I, that I've, I've worked with as well. I see that you need help and you're not asking for that help. So as a person that does marketing for a living, and, yes. I, and I will tell you, it's I'm, I'm looking at moving into a new space with all of this because I, I think a lot of companies think marketing is going to be the yes. ultimate. It's going to bring the money in. Everything will be fine if I fix my marketing. And what I see time and time again is marketing starts to uncover mm -hmm. all the stuff that's broken. Same with grants. Same concept with that. grants. You know, I, oh, just bring us more money. And no, 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 no. I'm going in and I'm saying, do you have evidence to support your strategies? Do you, are you actually tracking? You know, I start asking all these questions and I, grants aren't going to fix that. Right. Neither is marketing going right. to fix um, the internal organizational issues. Yes. So yes. it's it's the it's the recognizing that this particular company needs help, but then they also have to be willing to ask for it yes. and be willing to not be ashamed. Yes. I think people have such shame like, oh, I really screwed up. I made all these bad decisions. Well, did you really mean to make a bunch of bad decisions? Were you operating from a place of courageousness or fear when you made those decisions? Yes. I mean, there's a lot to unpack and uncover. And I love that. Um, I really feel, I mean, I'm an optimistic human being, but I really feel that those of us that are willing to start opening up our hearts and minds are going to see that we ourselves changing just ourselves and how we look at things and who we are in the world. That is the key. 
It is. It is. And in fact, Justine had said something on your podcast that I was resonating with. People will come into this work thinking my teams need it. That's that's your last concern. You need it. Mm-hmm. If you don't do the work for yourself, I mean, the most powerful thing you can do is do the work for yourself. Right. Because people will see and they'll, they'll see you modeling asking for help. They'll see you modeling saying the story I make up is and checking the story instead of just plowing ahead with assumptions. Yes. Um, they'll see you speaking up. They'll see all of those things and courage is contagious. So that that's the way to start is with your own because we all have it. I did a workshop a couple weeks ago and someone spoke up and said, I don't experience shame. I just don't experience shame. I just don't experience shame. And we kind of came at it from three or four different angles. And it took a while for her to say, oh, okay. You I know, but do. it just, yeah. so until she actually was able to, to recognize it in herself, she would never, ever be able to hold space for other people to do the work, you know, and process and realize that when you are having an involuntary reaction, you are being driven by shame. And sometimes we're unaware that it's happening. So we think, why would you talk about shame in the workplace? Because it's the number one thing that takes us out of our integrity. If you are being driven by shame, intentionally or unintentionally, you are going to do and say things that are not in your integrity. So what do you have to do to to catch yourself and, and draw some awareness to I'm having these crazy thoughts. I'm making up this story that, you know, this person's out to get me, you know? Right, and, or acting and, in a place like out of desperation yeah. or, you know, and and what I have seen is um, people that are really tuned, are, are much more concerned with what it looks like to the outside world. Yes, yeah. So their inner world is just crumbling about them. There's all this stuff going on, but they're keeping up appearances. Yep. That's tiring. Yeah. So perfectionism, I love the definition around it. So perfectionism, perfectionism, Brene talks about, if I do everything perfectly, look perfectly, act perfectly, I will protect myself from judgment, shame, and blame, which is impossible. We can't control other people. And then she contrasts that with healthy striving, which is internally motivated, which it as opposed to perfectionism, which is what are other people going to think? You right, know? exactly. And perfectionism is destructive. You know, yeah. it's this externally motivated, I have to be perfect, look perfect, do everything perfect. And then we are not being innovative because we're not willing to put brand new ideas out into the world because we don't know. They're not they're And not we don't proven. have the energy because we're like, I'm just, I got to keep, I got to keep yeah. looking good. I got to keep looking good. And then every time someone says to you, your life just is amazing. It's so perfect. You're feeling shame because you're like, yeah, it really isn't. It's it, not. I've got all kinds of crap going on, that, but I can't tell you right. because then... I, I have shattered the illusion that I have worked so hard to create. Yeah. And how many times have we seen illusion shattered? Absolutely. And the fallout is just devastating. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, okay, now it's time. Yeah. You know, because I always have this thought that we as people are given signs, like the tap on the shoulder, like, hey, that happened because you got to work on something. And when you go, ah, ah, no, I don't. Okay, the next time that tap on the shoulder is more like a bonk. <laughs> before yeah. you know it, you're like falling down yes. and going, well, I don't understand why this is happening to me. And the universe is going, I gave you yes. so many signs, but you didn't listen. So at this point, you better listen. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, we talk in the work about when you bury your emotions and you think, oh my gosh, you know, I, I pushed it down, it's safe. Then something innocent is said or happens and you have this disproportionate explosive exactly. reaction. So there's no such thing as taking our, our shame feelings or our emotions and packing them down to where they go away. They don't. They just surface in really inconvenient ways <laughs> where you have to do a lot of cleanup to fix it versus letting it be right. and, and letting it sit and experiencing it, which is so hard to do. Yeah, yeah it is. It's really hard to do, but it's, it's so amazing when you get there. And again, audience, this is not to say life is going to be peaches and cream and unicorns and rainbows. You're still going to have challenges. This this life is not about perfection. I, I finally gained whatever. It's it's a continual learning and growth. There's yes. no end. Yeah. There's no ultimate. It's continual learning and growth. And if you're willing to, you know, take that as okay, I'm 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 growing from this. It does get better and mm -hmm. easier and and you don't have so much reactivity. Yes, yes. And people can see you when you aren't trying to put on this perfect, you know, facade. They can see you and you have true human connection with other people because you're not like you said, waiting to be found out. You know, they're going to realize I'm not perfect. They're going to realize, you know, that I don't do things perfectly and I don't have my shit together and all that stuff. Right. Um you can have more human connection when you can just just own it. You know, this is where not I am. Hide. I, I can feel what I call the hiding energy. Yes. People that are hiding. I can feel it. I know they're hiding. Um, and I just pray, you know, pray for them that they can see within themselves that I'm kind of hiding out. I'm not letting people see the real me. And that hiding energy makes it really difficult in relationships. Yes. Because you, you can tell in the relationship, like, something, you're not, you're not being upfront with me. And so I don't really think I know who you are. And that's going to hurt the relationship in the end. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that hiding energy has a correlation to the shame. Like, oh, yeah. If I, so social rejection is like the number one fear in a human being. Yes. And so if I show up as myself and, you know, people don't like me, you know, that, um, that drives that sort of hiding behavior where I have to put this face on. Yes. Uh, and be something else that I'm not. Um, I've been facilitating this work for about, gosh, four years now. So pre-pandemic, I got to meet Brene in person, which was amazing. Oh, cool. Amazing. And I honestly kind of jumped on board and said, I'll be a facilitator before I realized like, <laughs> what all that meant. That was probably your soul speaking. Yes, it was, because <laughs> I've been behind the scenes as a grants person for years. And then all of a sudden, like, this work is in front of people. And that's not, I'm an introvert. That's just not my normal space. But um, when I got to meet her, where am I going with this story? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you met Brene Brown in person. You yes. said, 
I want to be a facilitator before your brain caught up with your true self, I have a feeling. Yes. Um, yes. And you're an introvert. So why did you say yes to this when it was going to put you out there a little bit and you now are going to be leading these huge teams? Yes. Am I on? Am yes, I on with you it? Are. Okay. You are. <laughs> so part of me made up a story that, so I've been, I've done grant development, I've done public relations, but I've predominantly been solo in those roles. Okay. Like, I have to coordinate other people. So for example, at the university, I had to bring faculty members and external partners and all these people together, but I didn't have position power. And so Brene has this beautiful definition of leadership, which is it's people who find the potential and people and processes and have the courage to develop that potential. And I was like, oh my gosh, of course I was a leader. As a grants professional bringing in millions of dollars, I had to work with all of these different people without having any position power. Right. I had to to get them in alignment with the vision and and you know the work and all of that. But I have this story when I facilitate that says, well, you haven't been an executive director, so you can't do this. You haven't been this, so you can't do this. But the more I'm willing to just show up and say, this is my story, this is how I use the work, it it doesn't matter. It just matters that I'm doing the work myself and I'm showing up as who I am, which is here's what I have to offer. And my lived experience is different than yours, but we're all human. And the re- the research is we all experience shame. So when somebody says in a workshop, I don't, I've never experienced shame. I'm like, well, then that's- you were in denial. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's just the word. They, they had a different definition of what the word was. So it took a while to like get you. Okay, what does that really mean? Uh, and yeah. honestly, our society sets us up for shame because our society is like. Here are the rules, yes. and this is what is expected of you. And if you don't do these things, shame on you. Yes. And you know, and again, it's all we. Oh, I'm just, I'm just so ready for the veil to be lifted, if yeah. you will, from all the stories that we, as a society, have told ourselves. Yeah. I'm starting to see so many things now. I look at and go, that's so weird. Why do we do that to ourselves? That's so odd. Why have humans decided this is what should be, you know, this is the way to be? Um, I love that more expressions are coming out. You know, if you believe that whatever higher power you believe in, if at all, but you know, if you believe in a higher power and if that higher power is infinite, then let's allow room for infinite expressions and Mm. infinite ways of being. Why have you decided that, well, you have to be in this box. Mm -hmm. And if you're not, well, there's a problem. (laughs) As opposed to allowing people to um, become and express their fullness and and really get to the core of who they are. So it's not reinvention. Yep. It's not reinvention. It is finding your true self. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things we do that I really, really like in this work is we do values reflection and there's lots of different ways to do it. But in this work, we actually have people drill down to two values that are just so central to who they are that it's involuntary. And um, it's part of that self-awareness thing and understanding who I am and what's important to me. And then looking at where am I in alignment with these values and where am I out of alignment with these mm-hmm. values? Because sometimes we're in positions or roles or institutions that can, 
consistently bring us out of alignment with those values, there's just a constant rub. And you've got to pull yourself out and honor what's important to you. Um, If you're in an institution that, you know, um, pride some people over others, you know, I mean, there's just certain things that even if on the surface everything looks like it's right, if you have that values misalignment, you aren't going to do well. No. You yeah. won't. And and it takes the whole team together. Yeah. Well, Julie, I love what you do. Tell yeah. tell everybody, um, like, so you work with not-for-profits. Yes. Tell everyone where they can find out more about you. So um, Julie Bowl Consulting is my website, and that's probably the easiest way to find out. Um, I do work with organizations, nonprofit organizations, and really incorporating this courage building leaning into hard conversations and using it to really transform the the mission of the organization. And then I help individuals do this work too. Um, oh, really? Solopreneurs, um, leaders, predominantly 99% women, but really just lean into what is getting in the way of you kind of living to your fullest potential and using that framework to um, build some resilience, get some awareness around that self-talk, all that stuff. So yeah, juliebowlconsulting.com is how to find me. Awesome. I love it. Thank you. Can we have fun questions Let's now? have fun questions. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, so my first question for you is when you were a kid, did you have a favorite outfit that you still remember? <laughs> <laughs> One of my really good friends who I'm still friends with now still makes fun of like the outfit I wore in fifth grade almost every single day because <laughs> it was the guest jeans with the little um, triangle patch and some sort of like denim shirt. So it was denim and oh, denim. Oh, the denim and, and denim thing was, was a thing. thing That's, that ever. was the bomb, right? Yes. And so she makes fun of me to this day. And I'm like, I thought I was cool. And it was probably the only guest pair of jeans I ever owned. So um, <laughs> yeah, th- that was my fashion highlight i love when my daughter had said something to me before like oh mom the stuff that you used to wear when she was looking at pictures of me as a kid and i was like oh you just wait and she was like that's not and she was pretty young when she said this and she was like that's not going to happen we're always going to look good i went "Mm, just wait (laughs) there are things you're going to see and go oh my gosh why were we attracted to it it's just part of what and it's fun right denim on denim that was a thing man it was it was a a hot item i had i had a pair i still think about it one of my favorite outfits was this i think i was i was pretty young too hot pants so i'm probably early i'm I'm probably i know i'm older than you but i I, hot pants were a thing little short shorts that you wore with go-go boots i had a pair of purple suede hot pants let me tell you I was happening with the white go-go boots. I was like, you know, oh, yeah, right. Nancy Sinatra, watch out. So, um, all right. My uh, next question for you is, would you ever live in a tiny house? Oh, my goodness. It's so interesting that you say that. That's like my absolute, like, obsession. So, we have a a big house, and um, it's a ranch 50s house, and I absolutely love it. But I keep thinking I want less stuff. I want less stuff. I want less stuff. I want less stuff. And my husband was looking at um, doing investment properties down at the Lake of the Ozarks. And there's a teeny tiny 90s, 1950s house. And he's like, no. And I'm like, that's what I want. I want just this little like 
<laughs> Only the things that we need. Um, yeah, I I do. Full time? You think you could live I, in a tiny house? If I didn't have kids, yes. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I just, I want my stuff. That's a big thing in recent years that has really become clear to me is I, I can appreciate that the, even books that I read and love, I can still let them go. I yeah. don't have to keep them. Yeah. Um, it's that unattachment. That's happening yes. to me right now, too. Yeah. I'm feeling this um, great need to stop being such a crazy consumer person and to really, like, you know, kind of look at what I've got and what can I do more yes. with what I've got and not just buy the new cool thing on yes. the block kind of thing because everybody's using it. It just sounds so great. And, you know, and just kind of stepping back from that and going, eh, I don't really need yes. that. I mean, I've, I've always been good at, at it, but I'm getting even more so, like yeah. really stepping back and, you know, realizing you don't need to go shopping every weekend to get new clothes or da da da. Yeah. You know, it's just oh, take a breather. Yes. Take yes. a breather. That's been a big meditate focus instead. That's what I would suggest. <laughs> yes. um, oh, I, I I know I sound like a, a broken record sometimes lately, but I keep thinking, oh man, people, if you only knew what could be accomplished in meditation, you would all just I mean, and I get it. I've been there. I've been there at that place where I'm thinking, I don't have time for meditation. I am so busy. No time for that. Yet the the older I older and wiser that I get, the more and more I meditate. Yeah, yeah. The no. more I meditate, and I realize the gifts in it. It organizes your mind. It just helps you to become better at everything, so you're not spinny and you're not doing things you you really don't need to do. It also helps with the self awareness piece mm. when you are emotionally triggered by something. That response that you have, that involuntary response, is the, the one that you're going to have to clean up. So that meditation just gives you a little bit of that mindfulness of actually seeing those thoughts and being aware of those thoughts as yes. they come up and kind of going, huh, I wonder what's going on, you know, before you immediately respond. So it gives you that spaciousness between that, you know, stimulus and response. Um, so we talk about that in Dare to Lead, too. And people are like, this is woo-woo for a leadership workshop. But if you can't, if you can't be aware of your thinking and what's driving your behavior, you can't change it. So meditation is a huge strategy for that, too. Yeah. And, you know, I get it. I I would say I'm definitely a woo-woo, but like woo-woo not in crazy toxic out there what the hell are you thinking <laughs> i think that woo woo um we i'm gonna have to retire that word because it doesn't it, it's now become like oh those are the crazy wacky people that you know are wearing crystals on their head or something and you, you don't really know what the crystals are about you can't judge certain things and there's crystals in your computers just saying but um <laughs> you know there's there's a lot of things that we put into this woo-woo box and it, it, it helps us to just like set it aside and be like i don't i don't have to worry about that because that's woo-woo yeah you know well the science is there as you know that, that supports meditation and all of Brene's dare to lead work is evidence-based and, and based on research. Yes. And it's it's critical it's that um, to your health, your well-being, all of that. So much. I yeah. love it. All right. So, yes, we're about kindness here. So, yes. uh, please share with me um, either a kindness that you've witnessed, received, or given. 
You know, I actually thought of mine months ago because I was going to drive down here. I think that's back in right. May. We, we had car issues, we so did. we weren't able we to do this and in May. It still really resonates. When we said earlier, clear is kind, we tend to think like being honest is not kind. But I am in a Toastmasters club, which is a speech club. Mm-hmm. And it is the kindest group of people because we hold space for someone to do something that's hard and vulnerable, which is public speaking. Right. And the kindness thing that we do is we offer clear, constructive feedback. And sometimes I kind of like gasp, like, you can't tell him that he's, you know, this or that. But clear is kind. And we're yeah. all trying to grow as public speakers. And we need that input to get better. And so it's a place that I always witness that clear is kind. And I always shy away from it thinking I'm being nice by not telling someone that, you know, they're they're doing something wrong. But at the end of the day, that person is there because they want to grow. Exactly. And so I, I just love the And you're concept. not doing it in a mean way. You're no, not like, boy, but you clear. totally suck. And let me tell you, what, you're, not, you're not doing it that way. It's like, hey, I noticed because we've had to do it that with our, our TEDx speakers yes. is, you know, maybe they have a mannerism that they're that unaware they have, they're unaware of, and so you have to bring it to their attention because you don't want them to find out when their video comes out. Yes. And they're like, oh, why was I doing that why with my hands? Oh yes. my gosh, no one told me this. And I'm very open with people about what if if I have a blind spot. You please tell me. Yes, yes. Don't act like you cannot bring it up to me. Let me know my blind spot because I'm all about becoming better, more, yeah. um, more aware, and living in in that that space of awareness. Yeah. If I have an unawareness, yes, can you please let me know? Yeah, absolutely. because that would be most helpful. Yes, you know, and I. I know I've had those difficult conversations with people before about a blind spot they have. And I I almost always start out with this. I want you to know that this is being said in love because it is. Mm-hmm. This is being said in love. This isn't meant to make you feel terrible about yourself or be like, shame, shame, shame on you. It's just I've noticed you have this blind spot. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. Yep. Beautiful and kind. And kind. Incredibly kind. Be kind. Yes. yes. I love it. Julie, thank you. It was such a pleasure. Thank you for all the things you're doing for these not-for-profits and for the solopreneurs out there. It is a lonely world, solopreneurs. It's a lonely world, but it's a beautiful world. And it and I shouldn't say it doesn't have to be lonely. Yeah, where the 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 parts of the loneliness mean you're not asking for help. Yes, that's my thing completely. Yeah, if you're feeling lonely with what's going on with you. You're not asking for help, and there are people there to help you, like Julie. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you, Julie. It was good to meet you. Everyone out there, you have been listening to Mishmash. Thanks for listening to us today. Go out, be kind, don't be lonely, ask for help. All right, guys, see you next time. Bye. Bye.